Twice a year, our school holds an event called the Sherman Showcase. It's our school's version of a science fair. As a STEM-focused school, we, were, we work to incorporate STEM-type projects into the content areas. This fall, our stem focus question was, how does Sherman Elementary impact Earth's resources and the environment, and how can we lessen our impact? Our students were required to use the engineering design process to determine how we could make a positive impact on the environment. To begin with, students needed to examine what resources our school used. Students noted several places in our school where resources could be better managed. There's a lot of trash on the playground. There was a lot of food being wasted, especially produce, during lunch, and there was a lot of wasted toilet paper and paper towels in the restrooms. My students now knew what actions they needed changed. They needed to be changed, but getting staff and students to change their behavior was going to be a challenge. Students brainstormed. Some students photo documented the trash that was left out in the grass on the playground and decided that more trash cans would be helpful, helpful and recycling bins could be added. Others thought that our food waste issues could be solved by sh sharing leftover food with students who needed more food. Still others chose to find solutions to the paper waste problems in the restrooms. Posters would be helpful, but they didn't want to simply hang them in the, on the walls. They thought students would need to understand the message and the reasons they, there were new posters in the trash, by the trash cans. A short in-person lesson would be necessary, especially for the very young students. Once the plans were created, it was time to get to work. Students wrote up their presentations and prepared to share them. Works were revised to suit a variety of grade levels. And then it was time to go out and share their ideas. Our fifth graders shared their learning and suggestions with classes of all levels in our building. Students felt empowered. Students felt heard and respected. And they took it among, upon themselves to revise their presentations and sign up to go out and present again, but better this time. My students answered the call to action. Welcome, friends. So glad you chose to join our conversation today. I'm your host, Patty Wiseman Adams, with our producer, Jody Braun, working his magic behind the scenes, as usual. In today's TwigCast, we are going to be talking to um, Maribeth Matthews, who just... Um, told us a story about Sherman, the Sherman Showcase. Um, but more than that, she was really letting us know how she was able to lead her students to action. Uh, Maribeth, thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here, Patty. It's always good to be with you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, you know, in our TWIG Teaching Writers Inquiry Group, uh, last week on Tuesday, um, we were talking about how argument can lead to action. And you told this story and I couldn't help but be reminded that of the principles of inquiry throughout your, um, your students learning in that example. I know that you're a STEM-focused school, and for our listeners who maybe have not had the opportunity to um, teach in that type of environment or to even really aren't really that familiar with maybe um, the principles by which your school is trying to move forward, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, yeah, our school is a STEM-focused school, and... Twice a year, we hold a big, 
a big event called the Sherman Showcase. And it's where the students present the work that they've started like since the beginning of the year. And then we'll start again in January with a new theme. And we really, we tried to incorporate a lot of research and then the students work through that engineering design process where they look at the research and they come up with a solution to a problem that they've discovered. And then through several iterations of prototypes and of trial and then going back and revising their thinking and revising their projects, they go and they make it better. And, you know, a lot of our students, they really wanted to change the world. They wanted to change air quality and they wanted to change, you know, the way we use water, but they discovered that some of the things, some of these projects were just too big and they didn't have a lot of power. So they decided to change the things that they had the power over, which, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive. That is, I mean, there's, there's no use trying to change the things that you can't control, right? That's an early lesson for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, another thing that I was struck by, and I know um, with the work that we do with TWIG, we always are guided by an essential question. And I absolutely was impressed by the fact that your students um, go, were able to work within the parameters of a, an essential question. I believe you said it was, how, how does Sherman Elementary impact Earth's resources and environment? But then you guys decided to take it a little further. And then how do we um, lessen our impact? And I just thought that, you know, that's really powerful that the students right away have that guidance of that essential question so that they could begin thinking about this. Um, do you want to talk a little more about the, um, the three different um, <coughs> questions that they ended up tackling and, and just how like your grouping in your fifth grade um, went? Was this the entire fifth grade that was participating? Was this just your class? Um, do the other students in other grades do different questions or, you know, kind of give us a little background here. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I, the whole school um, worked on going green. That was the school theme. And so as fifth grade, then we took that to how can we, you know, what does going green mean? And what does that mean to a fifth grader? Um, so um, we get, we, so we, narrowed the focus to going green to be specific to our school because we really wanted them to sh we wanted to show them that students do have their voices do matter so my partner teacher there's just two classes of fifth grade in our building and so we work together to construct this question and when we presented it to the students the first thing we needed to do was to take a little walk around the building and it actually happened to be raining that day, which made it really challenging. But we did. We took the, we took the kids. We, took every, we are a one-to-one -one school, so every student has an iPad. So they took video. They went into the restrooms, and they documented what they saw. We let them go into the staff lounge. We let them go into the kitchen. Um, so we went all over the building. We did go outside, even for a moment. Um, and it was just, it was interesting. We went back then, and looked at all the pictures and we had conversations about what we saw um and they had a lot of questions 
a lot of things they hadn't considered, like where do the apples that we eat come from? Where do, you know, how do these paper towels get here? And where do they go? Like, it, it, this, they, they realize it's such a short cycle from being brand new to being trash. And that really, like that bothered them. So they wanted to, you know, that really made them want to do something about it. So it was, it was a lot of really good learning, good applicable learning that we did. Well, and I like the fact that, um, which, you know, in my own sixth grade classes, sometimes, you know, you, you get kids who want to talk about these topics that really they don't, they don't have access to, you know, in their personal mm-hmm. lives. I mean, it's all through research, right? That doesn't right. relate to them. And so the fact that your kids could, you know, um, and then to use that data to totally have those class discussions. What were the class discussions like? Where it was, um, how did they, how did they come or decide about these three questions? How did they come to those conclusions? And what was the atmosphere like in the classroom when you were having those discussions? Um, we sat down, we have some, uh, we use Microsoft Teams a lot, and within there, there's a collaboration space. And so the kids were able to all write down, like, what they saw, put into words what was in their picture, like, what the uh, the pictures that they took. And then we um, we put words to all those, and then we categorized, you know, where we saw paper waste and where we saw food waste. And, you know, these categories popped out. There were a few kids who did kind of travel off of these three main themes most students stayed in them but one student saw that the hand sanitizer dispenser inside our front door was ruining the carpet and the carpet was a resource like it's limited we don't have like we can't just go make new carpet so he wanted to save that and so his project was to capture the leaking hand sanitizer that fell to the carpet and that one kind of yeah it was really it, it was great you know, and so once we ca- once we put words to our pictures and then categorized our words, then these three main themes popped out, and students attacked um, their they got to choose like what were they the most passionate about? Where did they think they could make the biggest change? And once they propo- had they shared their proposal with me, I could share with them. Well, you know, I think that there's two other kids working on this same idea. Would you like to work together? And then they they put their minds together and really came up with some creative solutions to um, to these issues. That is that's amazing and um, just so powerful. I just think it. Um, you know, I, I'm excited to hear what happens the second time you do this because that's all at the beginning of this school year, right? So right, not only right. did you guys do it once they'll be doing it again. And now they, they know what that feels like. And so when they go to research, whatever you're going to research next, you know, they already have an idea of what they're able to generate. So it, it's going to be exciting. I think how, I just think it's amazing. Um, Thanks. My other, I did have one question. I, and I'm, I'm hoping our listeners picked up on the fact that um, not only did they research this, um, but they also had to brainstorm those solutions, right? 
and yes and they wanted to create some posters but you said that they decided that the posters just couldn't go up on the wall what how did that come about with your students um some of that like there was a little adult guidance there because we you know i said are we our fifth graders the only ones that use the restrooms here like are we the only ones because if that's true we you know our words will matter yeah and they're like no no that's not true you know kindergartners use our bathrooms first graders use our bathrooms yeah you know so if you put a you know so then we talked about you know well how are what message will they get if they read their if they see that poster if they see that poster so we have to put it where they can see it so there was a lot you know considering their audience was a really this was a great time for students to consider audience often so often the audience is the teacher or you know mm-hmm. whoever is assessing and this time it wasn't and the, it, it actually it gave them the freedom to to use their art skills because they had to communicate their message through a you know through something other than words because kindergartners don't you know that's not how they're going to receive the message so between you know and then even in their presentations they needed to be more visually heavy than word heavy and this is you know every day we work on writing words and reading words and it was a pretty big shift for some of my students but yeah i think i think it really caused them to pause and think and and consider audience for the first time in an authentic way well and did they present to all grade levels so they were able to kind of see the 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 nuances of the differences between kindergarten first grade second grade third grade fourth grade and even to them you know seeing how that yeah those subtle changes um within those grade levels right that teachers are pretty well aware of but kids i think don't usually notice that right and i think they they understood the power of preparation because the Uh first time like when they when they thought they were done and they went in for the first time, you know, they, you know, they, they did, they sat and they reflected because part of our process is to revise, you know, and they had to insert, they had to put a little video in of what they did. They had to reflect on what went well, what needed to be changed. And they recognized like they were not as prepared as they thought they were. So, yeah, even for even at a kindergarten level, like they weren't prepared to speak to kindergartners. And then when they were, you know, they did that same presentation for third grade. Well, you know, what they had prepared was now changed. Yeah. And it was just it was so it was really interesting to to hear them reflect and to watch them come back and, you know, and just tell what happened and recap what happened in that classroom. And did I hear you correctly also that after they did make those realizations, after when you were doing your reflections, that a few of them took it upon themselves to even improve, even though they weren't going to be presenting again? Or you did know that they it, present it, again? It, they, some of them got to present two or three times. Oh, but, um, okay. It, and that was fantastic. Uh, but some didn't, and they still, they still had um, the open house night where parents were able to see what they presented and what they created and they wanted their presentation to be the best it could be and they wanted to show what they had learned so they could show the process of I started here and then I learned you know something new and so I had to change it and now I'm still changing it it's still not where I need it to be but here's the best version of what I did 
So. Oh, that's so powerful. I mean, because I mean, how many chance? A lot of times, I mean, even in our best int intentions as teachers, you know, that reflection piece sometimes is just a quick write up or whatever. And very rarely do kids have the opportunity to revise, even after they've revised, right? You know, to do it again and and to have them be self motivated to do so instead of having it be like pulling teeth, right? Um, and I think. I think something else that happens is oftentimes they get my reflection or they get the reflection of a peer, you know, and, you know, because it's hard for, at least for a fifth grader, I think, to think, to look at their work objectively, yes. where this time they really, like, they really were able to do that. So. Well, this, you know, this really gets us ready for our next twig session. Um, I was thinking that, yeah. I know, it's a perfect segue. <laughs> Um, on December 14th, listeners, we will be having our um, last formal twig um, for right now. We're going to go on a little break um, through the beginning of the year and um, kind of reshift and revise our the way that we're doing our Tuesdays with twig. So our last meeting, if you're interested in joining us, is going to be December 14th. And our question is going to be, how does reflection sustain and promote a culture of argument? And I think um, Maribeth did a, an excellent job of front loading just how powerful <laughs> um, reflection can be. Um, and not only for her students, but it sounds like the, the students were able to, able to enact some change in their school and also, I think the possibilities for the younger students that, um, you know, getting everybody in the school to think a little differently about, about their possibilities. That's my puppy. Nobody, <laughs> nobody judge. I'm a puppy mom right now. Um, <laughs> so I want to also remind everybody that in case you're wanting to find out more about Twig, twig.fun is our website. Um, and I want to thank Jody Braun, who will be um, in charge of revising this podcast for us and making it, um, putting in all the bells and whistles that I do not know how to do yet. Yeah. Um, but he does such a nice job. And we really want you to give Twig... Um, Give Twig a look, and we have um, this podcast, um, several podcasts from the last two years. We also have um, a blog, which kind of highlights some strategies and thinking that we um, have been doing. Um, and then we have that discussion on Tuesdays with Twig, which is um, a really safe place for educators to come and just talk about some things that are on their minds about certain topics and to have fellowship. So thank you for joining us, Merrimeth. Thanks again for joining me tonight. And I really look forward to seeing you or hearing you on Tuesday <laughs> with Twig. Well, I can't wait to see you too, Patty. This has been fun. All right. Talk to you later. Sounds great. Bye.